You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamualaikum, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Green Dean, your environmental morning wake-up call. So, as you know, it's been a couple of weeks now, and we're well and truly underway in Ramadan, and uh, I hope everybody is enjoying themselves and, and really benefiting from this most blessed time that we're in right now. Because alhamdulillah, this is the time to not feed your face, but to feed your soul. So here's hoping, folks, that this is what we're all managing to do. So today the show is all about food. As you know, yesterday we were looking at um, food and food waste with our friend from Zero Waste, Kim Young. And today we're going to be joined in the studio a bit later on from Eleanor from Scottish Environmental Protection Agency, SEPA. As many of you may know or may not know, SEPA is a large organisation uh, that covers the whole of Scotland. But we'll be talking more about that in, in a little while. But just now we are going to look a wee bit more about food and food waste and why why is it so important? You know, we talked about it yesterday and, and we, came, we, we we had lots of different things that we talked about that were very important about saving food and being more 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 aware of what we're eating and how we're eating it and how we're disposing of this food. But we only touched a little bit on the growing side of food and why it's so important to grow our own food. Now, one of the reasons for this is the fact that in growing your own food, it means that we're not actually then having to transport the food all around the country, which, as we'll talk about in the coming weeks about transport, we'll see that actually having to transport food all around the country is making a massive, massive, massive impact on the environment and is really unenvironmentally friendly. So it is very important that we look at other ways to get our food on our plate. And I know that there's quite a few CCF projects out there who are doing from fork to fork, basically meaning that from growing with your big garden fork and digging up the ground and getting your seeds out there to then getting it with your fork into your mouth, totally fresh, totally organic and absolutely delicious. But you know, we don't all have time to be digging up the garden and growing our own food because, you know, sometimes it does take a lot of time and effort, but there are little ways of doing it. How about you think about having a herb box on your windowsill? Really simple, easy, nice way of doing it. You know, making your nice dinner, as we all will be doing this evening, making iftar. You know, why not cut a few herbs from your windowsill? Obviously, right now, you can't do it unless you already have one. So, yeah, obviously, we, we, we don't all have our herb gardens up and running right now and straight away. But plant up a few herbs and within a couple of weeks, you could have a really nice little herb garden starting and, and within a couple of months, you can have quite big plants going on there. Just cut them off, throw them onto your food, and alhamdulillah, they're absolutely delicious. <clears throat> so there are lots of different things, big and small, that we can do. We can make some big raised beds in our gardens and get loads of planting, get your peas and your carrots and some onions, some potatoes. You know, we can get all those different veg going, or bit smaller scale if that's what's better for you in your household at this time because also I know that not everybody has a garden do your wee herbs in your window boxes but also last year actually I did peas and tomatoes on my windowsills and then um, it wasn't until later in the year that I put them out in the garden but I started them on the windowsill and actually I could have kept them the whole the whole time inside on the windowsill and that would be totally fine and they thrived and I know that I spoke about it yesterday how much me and my family really enjoyed those fresh peas. Now, if you're not able to to start a garden and you don't have the time or 
or are you just not green fingered and not that inclined there are other things that you can do and that's things like start eating seasonally so only going for foods that are in season at this time i know that kim talked about this yesterday as well about only eating seasonal food but you know it really is a good thing to do it really is really amazing when you start working with the seasons you're being more environmental food isn't having to be shipped from all around the world and and it really tastes great when food is grown in the season that it's supposed to be in you know it's just delicious and once we've done all our growing or we've started eating more seasonally and buying more seasonally and you know you can get lots of charts about seasonal growing and seasonal eating you can google it up and have a wee check different organizations i think zero waste scotland actually has a wee chart on their website about being able to eat seasonally and just have a wee look and see how you get on there but what we can also do is we can think about composting a bit more so composting the the food that we have left over that can be your potato peelings or other peelings it can be you know obviously we're trying to cut down our food waste but the food waste that we are producing we can compost it. I know that Glasgow is really good for having our, our, our bins now, um, but you can be composting in your garden and using that soil that you're producing in the garden. Last year when I was working at Almazan, we produced over 200 kilos of soil that we were able to put back into our garden. And that was just from the food waste bin. And it was only certain foods that we were able to put in it. So actually it wasn't a crazy amount, but we managed to make an insane amount of soil it saved us money it saved us time it saved us worrying about where the soil was coming from that we were putting on and whether or not it was totally organic or not we knew it was organic we knew it was good we knew it was fresh we knew it was amazing and we could use it it was lovely and also it meant that the plants were really benefiting you know we were benefiting our plants were benefiting and what we were growing was just so much better but as i said not everyone has a garden not everyone's able to compost or grow and different things like that but seasonal eating is something that we can all achieve but also because yes it's achievable but sometimes it can be a little bit difficult another thing that we can achieve is buying organic now no i know what you're all going to say it's so expensive and i need to go to specialist shops but you don't i can buy organic now i know i'm getting really bad for this plugging certain shops but i'll plug lots of shops but little little has an organic range it is not an expensive shop it's really really cheap it's really really good and there's one on victoria road so you're not having to travel for miles if you want something a little bit more whole foodie then look for also on victoria road also does loads of organic and actually i think or i know that they get some of their product produce from local gardens that are growing so not only is it going to be organic and lovely and delicious it's going to be locally grown and see for people who are suffering from hay fever and stuff like that see eating more local grown products really helps as does taking honey actually which is the sooner obviously to take honey but local honey will really help with things like hay fever and things like that so that's really good sorry that's just a wee extra tip out with the environment so why are all of these things really important they're important because when food is mass produced lots of area has to be cleared in order to to grow that food and unfortunately a lot of the time that's happening in the rainforest it's happening in areas that were not previously used for agriculture and it's having a massive effect 
on the environment, a really negative effect. You know, our our our, our trees are becoming much smaller. Our areas of of green lush land is becoming a lot lot smaller due to the amount of food that we are consuming, and that's causing a lot of problems, especially for deforestation, because cutting down the trees is meaning that the earth is losing its lungs and how well would you operate without your lungs or with half a lung or with bits of a not well i know that people you know alhamdulillah are able to do that but it is difficult it's not easy it needs support and that's what we're doing to our planet by deforestation is making it work on less lung which is really really hard so hopefully we can all start doing our little bit especially during ramadan start shopping locally shopping seasonally organically growing our own stuff and all of this will help decrease the deforestation which will help for our earth our beautiful Allah's creation to be able to breathe and live and be much better and much easier for it but anyway enough of my ramblings on here we are going to now be joining the studio from Eleanor. Eleanor's from SEPA, Scottish Environmental Protection Agency. Eleanor, welcome so much to the show today. Thank you. We're really pleased to have you here. Um, I know that it's very early in the morning, especially in the weekend. Uh, so thank you so much for taking your time out to come and join us here today. So if you could start by just telling us a wee bit about the organisation, what is SEPA? Of course. Well, thank you for inviting us here today. No, no problem at all. Programme. Um, SEPA is it's, well, we're the environmental regulator for Scotland, mm -hmm. so we ensure that businesses are, um, are with, operate within the law and that they, they don't pollute the environment through okay. any of their operations. Um, so sorry, can I just uh, you operate within the law, so that means there's actually legislation about protecting the environment, because yes. I know a lot of our listeners won't know that, so that's brilliant. Oh no, yes, and it affects every single business across Scotland in terms yeah. of the duty of care for waste. Yeah, oh that's fabulous, that's great, but we'll talk more about that in a little while, so tell us a wee bit more about SEPA, because it's a really, really interesting organisation. Yes, so yeah, we're really keen on the environment, We've, we work to protect the environment, but not only... Um, it's also about the health and well-being benefits for communities oh, great. and also for sustainable economic growth. Ah, right, okay. Um, but at the moment, we have um, good scientific evidence that suggests that if everyone lived as we do in Scotland, yeah. we would need three planets to sustain our lifestyle. Three planets? That's insane. Yeah. That's so, so that means that basically other people in other countries are living more sustainably in order to counteract how unsustainably, in a sense, we are yes, living indeed. here in Scotland. And Scotland isn't even the worst. Oh, no. <laughs> so, but but let's just concentrate on Scotland. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so if we all live like we do in Scotland, we need three planets. Now, we all know there only is one. There only is one planet Earth. Yeah. So we have to do something quite serious to kind of maintain our lifestyles rather than sort of meet some kind of environmental catastrophe, which... Um, so SEPA is quite aware of that and uh -huh. our regulatory strategy is trying to encourage businesses and communities to live just that little bit better in terms of resource efficiency okay. and looking after with small changes to improve how our impact on the planet. Oh, amazing. I see. That's brilliant. So this organisation is basically there to make sure that people are living inside the legal structure when it comes to the environment and, and acting proactively inside the legal structure. 
So that's that's great to know because I mean obviously there's a lot of listeners at home who weren't aware that there was a legal structure about the environment, but also that there's an organisation there to help them to make sure that they're doing that's that's amazing that's right those are the two real fundamental roles um, with SEPA is to protect the environment make sure there's no pollution and we have regulatory powers to do that and uh-huh. um, we can prosecute we can fine people um, but also we are there to help and support and encourage um, improvements in the environment which is great because obviously I, I presume from from the way that, that SEPA works and stuff I presume that the finding and everything comes right at the end you want to be able to support people through the process and help them and that would be the first step and it's only when you've tried to do this and it's not working because well you know not everybody is going to stick within the legal structure That's right. it's only then that you would start bringing out fines and, and doing that kind of stuff yes absolutely it's all about engagement encouragement you know, we are the experts in this. Definitely. And um, we recognise that other people who are running their business, that's that's what they're expert in. Definitely. So when it comes to environmental um, impact, that's where we can come in and we can support and give all that advice, bring other partners in to support as well. Oh, fabulous. And, um, but for those who are persistently non-compliant, <laughs> like anything, there is, there is, there's sticks as well as carrots. Well, definitely, because, <laughs> yeah, we need both because carrots might work for some, but sticks work for other, unfortunately. <laughs> so tell me, this is obviously an agency that's been there for a while, and I know that environmental protection's been there for a while, but what made you want to get involved in working in the environmental sector? Because, you know, I know that a lot of our listeners at home are really interested in how they themselves can get involved. And, and hearing other people's stories is great to know. Okay. So how did you first get involved and why? Well, I grew up in the outskirts of Glasgow in mm-hmm. a village called Neilston. Okay. Um, it's out kind of around the hills. So I grew up playing in the woods and oh, trying brilliant. to catch fish out of the burns and <laughs> playing in the fields, Lovely. making daisy chains. Mm-hmm. But I also grew up watching quite a lot of wildlife documentaries and seeing the fabulous wildlife across the in different countries yeah. as well as in the UK. So I was always interested in wildlife and the rainforest and yeah. different kind of things. So I volunteered with um, the Scottish Wildlife Trust. Oh, wow. And they've got groups all around the country mm-hmm. and um, they allow you to get in and volunteer in nature reserves mm-hmm. and start learning a little bit about the local animal life or plant life around you. Yeah. So um, I started volunteering with them for some time. Then eventually I got a job with them and that, oh, was, that was really good. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then, well, I started looking at a, another organisation called Voluntary Services Overseas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of them. And that was one where I went off and did um, some community forest management projects in a, on a mountain up in West Africa. Oh, so wow. Where about some West Africa, can I ask? Yeah, it was in Nigeria. Oh, fabulous. Um, South Excellent. Nigeria, and it was a wonderful place. In fact, yep. and that was quite a number of years ago. It was 97 to 2000. But I just went back to visit some of my friends there. Oh, wow. This February, oh, so amazing. 20 years after. So it was very lovely to be back. Yeah, definitely. But that's great. You know, we had um, Kenny Taylor from Scottish Natural Heritage on a couple of weeks ago. And he was saying that, that, that he had started through volunteering. And, you know, alhamdulillah, volunteering is, is really important for, for, for everybody. But also for Muslims, who part of our religion is to give charity. And in volunteering... We can do that. Charity doesn't always need to be money. It can be an action. And what better to do than support our environment? You know, what 
an amazing charitable act. So that's great. And then that led you on to working in the sector. That's right. That's fabulous. You know, working outdoors is really healthy as well. It's good for your mental health yeah. as well as your physical health. So there's quite there's a lot. The British Trust for Volunteers, Conservation Volunteers, uh-huh. they're another group that work quite a lot in urban environments too. Fabulous. Excellent. And so how did you end up in SIPA? Okay, so um, so I came back from Nigeria and I did a small college course at Bell College in Hamilton, mm-hmm. and then um, and then SIPA were recruiting, so I was able to get a job with them. Great, and it was very much so from being into conservation management and, and rainforest management. Yeah. Um, I moved into waste management. Oh, great! But very much seeing mm-hmm. that if we handle our waste better yeah really waste is just resource in the wrong place or or we're not handling it correctly mm-hmm. if, if we can do something better with the stuff we throw away mm-hmm. we might not need to um dig up so many raw materials and yeah. disturb the environment elsewhere so it's, it's the back end of consumption if you like so it was quite clear that there's a, a link to waste management into looking after primary habitats Definitely. And do you know, I, I love that, that, that waste is just resources in the wrong place. I mean, that's, it's so true. And we think of all the resources that we throw away. We throw away food, we throw away textiles, we throw away cars, we throw, because people think, oh no, it's just the rubbish in my bin, but we actually throw away everything and and most of it could be reused or turned into something else that's useful. That's right. For, for waste, if you can keep it in a, a single stream, like glass, mm-hmm. if it all goes in a single glass bucket, whether in a domestic setting at home yeah. or in the workplace, then that glass can be reused and it saves a tremendous amount of energy from making new glass from sand and silica and the sort of raw yeah. materials required to do that. So you get a double benefit from recycling or reusing is even better no definitely which is which is fine and it's something that we don't think about but yeah it just takes that five extra minutes and you know people say oh let's recycle and let's do it and you think oh it's gonna have so much effort but no it's just five extra minutes you know separate your waste and then put it in the appropriate bins either outside or in your local area because like myself i don't have a glass bin in my garden but three streets away there's a glass bin that I can walk to or drive to. Well, I don't drive just now, but, you know, simple mm-hmm. things that you can you can still be accessing these waste bins. And actually, the glass bin is next to a clothes bin and a bin for something else, but I can never remember what it is. But it just shows you that it's all there in our mm-hmm. local areas, That's which is right. fabulous. In fact, local authorities are making it much easier for us to recycle. They to really recycle are, at they? home, the cardboard, paper cans and um, plastics yeah um, so local authorities are making it easier at home yeah but also we should be recycling in our businesses as well yeah. in, our, in our work life and also on the go when you're walking down the street there's some bins now on the street mm-hmm. that you can put your plastic bottles in or your drinks cans and on the go on newspapers no definitely and Actually, in saying that, because loads of people think, oh, well, in the house, they can be so efficient and they can be great. You know, they've got all the bins and they're doing all the stuff. But quite often in their work life, they're not doing it. And actually, that leads perfectly into your role within SIPA. So can you tell us a little bit about what your role is within SIPA? Sure. So I am um, a senior policy officer in the waste unit. Okay. Um, currently, a lot of my work is about supporting businesses to comply with that duty of care 
for yeah. waste that we talked about earlier. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so there's a legal duty on businesses yeah. to um, make sure that their waste goes to a proper person that has a that can take it to the an authorised facility to deal with it, so it's not being it's not polluting somewhere. Yeah. But there's a fairly new duty that um, businesses have to recycle. There's a requirement to recycle. Okay. Uh-huh. So recycling those materials we've just talked about, like glass, metals, plastic, cardboard, and paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also for food businesses okay. who prepare, distribute, or sell food. So yeah. it's not just restaurants. It may be a school that provides school meals uh-huh. or an event type. So any organization that, that provides foods and, and that people can come and eat and, and have, then they should be, or they have to be, dealing with their food waste appropriate. Yes, they should be segregating that food waste out. Um, as long as they're in an urban area, which yeah. Glasgow very much is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um then yes, they they should be segregating that food waste out into a separate bin. Okay. And then that goes off to a process either composting or what's known as anaerobic digestion. And that wow, that sounds very fancy. Very fancy. <laughs> so that's really a process mm-hmm. where, without oxygen, a lot of bugs and bacteria yeah um, eat this food waste um, and produce methane. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, we eat food yeah. so that we can have energy. Yeah. So that we can grow and have healthy bodies. Definitely. So that's so it's nutrients and energy is what's mm-hmm. in food. So once we put that food waste into this anaerobic digestion, uh-huh. it creates an energy source. Can run electricity. It can run a town wow. the size of Cumbernauld uh-huh. for electricity, and also it produces a really fantastic organic fertilizer. So it means we're not digging up phosphates. Yeah. elsewhere in the world and using them on our fields so we can put fertilizer derived from food waste in scotland on our fields and grow yeah. new food oh my god it's so, a lovely virtuous cycle it really is so basically the food that we are throwing out the food that we've maybe forgotten about in the back of the cupboard or the back of the fridge it's going to be a bit moldy or we've made too much food which you know obviously we're all trying to cut down on but this food waste that we are trying to cut down on if we do produce it actually can do amazing things yeah. it can do and all that we need to do is make sure that we're sending it to the right places so obviously in your house then hopefully we've got our grey bins but in our workplace you know hopefully as well we're sending it to the right places as well and and then it's can be used as electricity or as fertilizer so it can heat us it can put our lights on and it can refeed us. It can refeed us again. It's That's great, amazing. It? So sure. it's it is it's that thing about waste isn't necessarily waste. It's just a resource in the wrong place. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. So, how do businesses go about? Because I know that they don't have the grey bins. How do they go about, or do they have the grey bins? Well, getting rid of the food waste. So every business should have a waste management provider, someone who they pay to collect their their rubbish. Okay. So um, that can be the local authority Mm -hmm. or it can be one of the private sector um, businesses. Now, they're the best people to start talking about recycling. And quite often, um, you can downsize the big general waste bin where everything goes because that is Mm -hmm. the very expensive one that goes to landfill. And there's a lot of landfill tax deliberately put on these bins Mm -hmm. or anything that goes to landfill to dissuade us from sending material to landfill as a a government policy yeah but if we can keep our material separate keep the recyclers 
in one bin, keep the food waste in another bin, mm-hmm. keep the glass possibly in another bin. Yeah. And then generally you will have quite a small bin left for yeah. material that cannot be recycled and that's the expensive bin. So actually separating out your waste could save your organisation money. It could, yes. Which is great. So helping the environment, doing a good thing, sticking within the law and saving yourself money. I mean, what more could you want? Eleanor is here to discuss what CEPA are doing and the legal obligation that we have around waste and, and, and what we're supposed to be doing with it when we're working for organisations, but also generally the need for for getting rid of our waste in appropriate manners in order to protect the environment. Now, just before we went to the break, we were talking about within organisations, if we separate our waste out into the appropriate bins, so instead of just putting everything into one big bin, if we separate it out into glass and paper and food and all different things, it can actually save your organisation money, which is which is great, Eleanor. Yes, really that's good. right. Yep. Yeah. So always speak to your waste contractor. They're the best people to give you advice on how you should be doing. They know how to keep you within the law. Definitely. Um, and local authority can always give you advice as well. Yeah. And if you are a food business, your environmental health officer, all these people are in and able to give you support um, mm-hmm. with, a, with that choice. No, that's fabulous. That's absolutely fabulous. And and we have touched a little bit about, you know, obviously the legal obligation, but also the environmental obligation. But why is it so important for organisations, not just within the legal kind of aspect of things? Why is it so important that they are recycling, reusing, and especially when it comes to food waste? Why is this such a big deal for us that, okay. that we're using it properly? So a recent survey, a government survey, suggests that more than half of the Scottish population are really concerned about climate change. Yeah, definitely. So for us to do something that will make a difference, Mm -hmm. we all need to do something. It doesn't have to be hugely radical. It doesn't have to impact our lifestyles massively. But if we all take some small steps and changes, Mm -hmm. then it can make a big difference. And for the likes of food waste in particular, um, if it goes to landfill, it generates yeah. a gas called methane, which is a really powerful greenhouse gas. No, definitely. And it, it contributes a lot to climate change. And as we know, we can see some of the kind of the global impacts of that around with um we really can. very you know, disastrous monsoon rains, yeah. with desertification, you know, in the sort of northern Nigeria. You know, I was able to see that for myself. Um so there's So you've actually physically seen with your own eyes the, the difference that's happened in Nigeria between the times that you've been there. That's right. So it was 20 years ago when I was yeah. stationed there doing my work. Mm-hmm. And you can see that from the north of Nigeria, there is a lot less rainfall. Yeah. And they are finding it difficult to, to go out sourcing water, okay. to source drinking water, particularly during dry season. Do you know that's all? Especially, especially at times like this, this, this is really massive for, for all Muslims. Obviously, we're fasting, we're not allowed any water, so we all know how difficult it is, especially, you know, recently it's been quite warm and everything, how difficult it is to get through the day without having any water. So imagine having to live with that every single day. That's right, and the children and, and the women are having to travel to trek further and further to, to access good drinking water yeah, sources. No, that's that's really sad. That's devastating that, that due to climate change this is happening. Mm-hmm. So it, there are impacts in Scotland as well. We can yeah. see it with impacts in some of the native wildlife that mm-hmm. we have that um, that are moving or are struggling more to survive. Yeah. Some of the native birds that are that are 
with the sand eel populations, with the puffins and things like that. Some of the seabirds in particular are having difficulty with their breeding cycles. Oh, wow. No, that's terrible. So animals are actually within Scotland. Because you do think, oh, you know, it's other places that this is happening. But actually within Scotland, the fact that, that we are not looking after our climate quite as well as we should be, then our own native animals are really struggling. And, and this means that our landscape around us is changing, which can is... can potentially change, that's right. Yeah. But, you know, so with small changes, with a bit more of awareness, um, a bit more care, then yeah. I think we, c we can make some kind of difference. Definitely. And, you know, talking about small changes, this is one of the things that we've been talking to our listeners at home about and doing just one thing. If you can do just one thing... It, it can make a massive difference. And if you can just pick one thing from all of the shows that we've had so far and that are coming up, or one thing from each show, you know, because obviously we're looking at all the areas, energy, travel, food waste, resources. If you could pick one thing from each each area to change in your life, it would make a massive difference. And there's that other added benefit that if you really reduce food waste, yeah. they reckon Zero Waste Scotland have done a study that mm -hmm. they reckon it, each household wastes the equivalent of £430 per year. Do you know, I was flabbergasted when I heard that. That I... works out at £1.1 across Scotland for all the population. One point one. I mean, think what we could do with that kind of money. Do you know, when, when we had Kim in yesterday, we talked about, you know, the money in that, but we talked about it in an individual scale. But... But we didn't get on to the billion figure and, and that, I'm blown away. You mm. can see that. I'm I'm actually a bit speechless at that. We could fund a massive part of our national you know, health service or we could put all of that back into the environment and, and do massive changes to the environment and to protect the environment, you know, putting in cycle structures and mm. putting in, you know, food waste and lots of different things we could yeah. do with that kind of money. Every year. Because we could every year, <laughs> you know, or, or you could year. pay your gas bill as a household. Yeah, you know that would help you pay your gas bill or go for a weekend trip or something. You definitely. know, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I know so that. You know, I, I quite positive, often positive here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Quite often, go down to to London for the weekend. I try and be very environmentally friendly. Take the bus, um, stay in a hotel. You know, try and find some that's that, that's you know looking after the environment. But that weekend can cost me less than £430, which means that that I could pay for, for one, if not one and a half weekends away, some real quality time with my family from what I'm chucking in the bin. Chucking in the bin, that's it. It's a crime, yeah. isn't it? it? Do you know, it really is. It really is an absolute crime. It's awful. And, you know, it, 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 just, it just blows me away. Uh, the, the amount of, of stuff that we do chuck in the bin, you know. But talking about, about that, about the money side of things and how much we're throwing away, are we as individuals, but also are we as Scotland doing enough to protect the environment and to move forward and to make sure that 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 we're supporting organisations and supporting individuals in their journey to protect the environment? Do, we, do you think that Scotland's doing enough? I think Scotland is trying really hard. Certainly, um, within SEPA, my own organisation, yeah. we're very clear that we want to help and support businesses and communities across Scotland to live in this one planet prosperity. Definitely. One planet prosperity, that's what, what we call our, our strategy. Mm -hmm. But there's, it's not just us, there's Zero Waste Scotland, yeah. Scottish government policies are, are very much in that ballpark of trying to make 
Scotland punch above its weight a little bit Definitely. in terms of leading the way on this mm-hmm. um, and being quite progressive. So there are so there are large scale um, organisations there to help, yep. but small local organisations are there to help as well. Excellent. Like so, the Pollock Shields um, Development Agency and yep. other CCF um, funded projects in in the area, which is. Everybody pulling together mm-hmm. the Scottish wildlife that I worked with earlier before. Yeah. There's lots of of activity and support out there. Mm-hmm. It's just about getting out and engaging with that. Definitely, and that, and that as you say, engagement that's so important. There is organisations like like you've just said the PDA, which does food waste. It did some growing before. It's doing energy. It's doing all kinds of things. And there's South Seas who we've had on the show, and they're doing you know food waste, and but their main area is um, energy efficiency and things. But they're engaging with the community at a community level, and that's the thing. SEPA is a government level organisation it is a policy level organisation but they're still encouraging of the communities, they're still supporting the communities and they're still supporting the individual within their own individual business in every way that they can, so as much as you look at things on a national level, you're also still looking at things on the individual level which is amazing Oh absolutely, I mean we'll come out um, whether it's an environmental health officer or whether it's um, a waste service provider that gives us an indication that a business isn't um, separating their material for recycling properly, SEPA yeah. will come out, we'll do a first um, advisory visit. So we'll go right in through the kitchens, um, behind any of the areas to say this is where you should be separating your material, your food waste, yeah. back outside out to the, the bin areas and have mm-hmm. a look and, and give all that advice there um, and follow that up yeah. with a secondary visit, which... Only at that point, if people still aren't compliant or haven't changed their behaviour, then we are yeah. looking at more um, enforcement action, yeah. which can be up to a £300 fine, um, fixed monetary oh, penalty. Wow. Yeah. So so Scotland's taking this seriously. Definitely. You know, we're really encouraging people to, to do the right thing. But definitely. We, but for businesses, not so much for households, but for businesses, definitely we're there and we are regulating this as well. Great. So businesses can get in touch with you by themselves and say... Come and help us. Come and show us what to do. You're not going to give a fine or a penalty if they're not doing it straight off. You're going to help them and support them. We will always be there to help and support and guide in that first instance. And, you know, it's not just SEPA. We also have um, the local authority. Yeah. Anything to do with waste management, speak to your waste contractor. They are the experts in this as well. They will help you. They know the law. We regulate them as well. Yeah. And much more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, they know SEPA and um, so they know what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, and they actually have a duty to provide you, the business, with a service to be able for them to comply with the law. Oh, that's so brilliant. A, we, we crafted these regulations in order that that, that, was, that responsibility was spread throughout the, the supply chain, if you like. So it's not just the business, yeah. but that waste management company or the local authority has a duty to support them and enable them to be compliant. Oh, that's brilliant. So that there's actually people who have to be there, who have to be there to support you through that journey because nobody's going to get it right first time or all the time. And it, so it's good that there are organisations along with yourself who are there to support and encourage and to make sure you're doing it right, that's which right. is fabulous. The main the main difference that we've um, seen was that no one, no business should just have a big 
big general waste bin out the back yeah. where everything gets chucked in. And that's the duty on the waste service providers that they can't just provide that. Oh, definitely. Oh, that's brilliant. So, so no more just a general waste bin. You might have a small general waste bin, but you'll have another couple of bins as well to, to keep that recycle it separate so that it can be reused, recycled, get that energy capture from it. Definitely. I mean, after all, I mean, we don't have only one bin out of our back gardens or back doors anymore in our normal everyday household. So why should the businesses be any any different? And quite often the businesses are producing an awful lot more waste than, than Joe Bloggs' household. So right. yeah, it makes sense that they shouldn't just have the one bin anymore. They should have lots of bins. Right. And it's a habit you can easily take from home to your work. Definitely. To your workplace, it's the same, it's the same kind of habit. No, that's brilliant. Talking about habits... Obviously, we want to encourage people to get new habits, healthy habits, great habits. So do you have any wee habits or hints and tips that you could pass on to our listeners at home that they can take into their everyday life to help them? Sure. So for at home, really, it's about planning, storing and managing your food better. Okay. So planning on meals, what meals you're going to have for that week, yeah. um, and then writing a shopping list and going with that shopping list. And it cuts down all the kind of impulse buys that you may have. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Always then, then the languish at the back of the fridge, <laughs> unloved and uneaten. So Definitely. it's about planning a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, freezing and labelling uh, leftovers. So it's, yeah, that's a great idea. Yep, that's how I yep. generally keep my family going midweek. Yes. <laughs> when you don't have time to cook, it's a great way that you can just have it defrosted by the time you come home from your work. Definitely. And it's still good home-cooked food that's on tap. Um, but labelling it is important as well. Yes, yeah, I have many things in my freezer that I still look at and think, I'm not sure what you are enough to want to take it out. <laughs> so, that's yes. Right. So, and then um, portion sizes is always is always one where people maybe have too much on their plate and it's not yeah. finished and that's uh, quite a, a regular source of food waste. Definitely. So, we recommend that, especially if you've got a large family gathering or friends over, that you put the casseroles or bowls, large bowls with food in the in the middle of the table or in the area and people can help themselves and that way there's there's a lot less a lot less wasted. That's a great idea, especially just now with Ramadan, you know, people um, for iftar, for breaking fast, they're coming together, big families, and piling the plate. But yeah, so just put everything in the middle of the table, and people can pick and choose a little bit as they want, because you can always go back for more. That's right. And, and food's such an important part of family life. Yeah, it really you know, is. We certainly don't want to, to make people feel guilty or, or not enjoy their food to yeah. the same de- degree. It's just about about how you, how you manage that better. Mm-hmm. So that's for the home environment. Okay. I would, I've got a couple of tips for, for the business community Excellent. as well. Fabulous. It's good to get them involved as well. Great. Well, absolutely. So um, what I'd say that for a business, a food business, look at any food waste that you are generating. What is it? Is it, is it a lot of onions or is it salad or is it, you know, is it bakery materials? So have a look at it and see if you can change the menu or the portion sizes. Um, just that little bit. And, and, and really, this top tip is speak to your waste um, provider. They they can help you. Mm-hmm. They can give you advice. They service lots of businesses, probably like your own. Yeah. And they, they know how to manage that better for you. So speak to Zero Waste Scotland. Come and speak to SEPA. We're always there to help as well. Excellent. No, thank you so much. Those are great ideas. And actually, that's a really simple one that you wouldn't have, th- or I wouldn't have thought of. Look at the waste that you're producing because it's the same as in a household. Why should a business be different? Look at what you're producing. If you're pr- 
producing a lot of one specific thing is there ways of cutting that down is there ways of changing it but before you leave us for today Eleanor, can you tell us how do we get in touch with SEPA? Can we can we Google them? Are they on the internet? How how do we get in touch with them? You can you can certainly Google us, um, or we're at SEPA S E P A dot org dot UK. Or Great. if you want to speak to someone in the waste unit direct, just email zero waste at SEPA dot org dot UK. Fabulous. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today in the show, folks. That was Eleanor from SEPA giving us so many inspirational thoughts and hints and tips and different things and and also just providing so much new knowledge things that i mean i've worked in the environmental sector for some time now and and there was things that i didn't know now i knew that there was legislation surrounding the the environment and the environmental sector but that so much is also directed at businesses and that's really important and obviously you want to be running your business is is within the law and is properly and as well as you possibly can so it's important to consider the environmental consequences of your actions when you're running a business which is is very important but now folks before we have a few more um discussions and hints and tips from myself we're going to go to nana so please welcome nana for nana spot hello everybody and welcome this is nana I hope you're all doing really well, looking after yourselves and taking time to be together during Ramadan. Tonight, I thought we would talk about furniture. I thought we would talk about the kids' rooms. Kids' rooms are full of chest of drawers and headboards and often the chest of drawers gets chipped or, you know, doesn't look good, looks tired and not always the best. Sometimes the drawer handles are falling off. So one of the things you can do is get some glue and some varnish and comics. And now I've done this and it looks absolutely great. I covered a chest of drawer with kids once with the comics. We just cut out the shape that fitted the chest of drawers and glued it on. And it just looks fabulous, cheery, brightens the thing up completely. And once the glue and the comics are dry, what you want to do is varnish it and it'll last forever. Some kids want you to put comics only on the top and the front of the drawers and that's absolutely fine and the rest of it paint them a nice colour. One of the other things that children really like is nice handles so you could take the old handles off and just go and purchase some new handles or make handles out of um, rope, thick rope. They're great for handles. Just make a loop, tie and put it through the hole, tie a knot at the back. Great. The other thing that happens at this time of year is the kids are around a lot and hopefully, hopefully, um, we will have good weather throughout the summer. So a couple of games that you can make very quickly for the kids to play out in the back garden. Take some old tins, you know, tins with soup or beans or tomatoes, clean the tins out, take off the wrapper and be careful that you take off the, the, the lid completely. Make sure there's no rough or sharp edges that the kids could cut themselves on. And always have staff super, um, parent supervision with them at all times. So if you fancy making some toys for the kids, how about half a dozen tins cleaned out and all prepared and get some balls. Put the balls on the back wall or on a step and get the kids to throw the ball to see if they can chuck, chuck the ball hard enough to drop the tins down off the wall. Also, how about... Um, putting the, the tins out and just getting the kids to throw the balls in and out of the, the tins. It's a great way to do it. Other things you can do with tins is get some nail, a nail and a hammer and stick some holes in the bottom, 
and you've got plant pots. Again, make sure that the children are supervised at all times. Also, the other thing you can do is um, use them for pen holders. You know, paint them up or just put some nice ribbon around them or um, rope. You know, just put rope all the way around up the top. Make them look absolutely fabulous and use them pen holders for the kids' rooms. Food work. We all talk about food at Ramadan. We all make far too much food for Ramadan and people don't eat as much as we think they're going to eat. So if you've made loads and loads of food for lots and lots of people and you've got lots left, remember you can always give it to others. Give it to charity, give it to the homeless. Drop it into a neighbour if they've not got as much as you have, maybe. And just begin to look at how we use food. If you've cooked a big chicken, remember... Don't cook one thing in the oven, put your oven on and cook lots of things together. That way it saves down on the money you spend and it also saves the amount of energy you use, which is good for the environment. But if you've cooked a chicken the night before and you've got the carcass left, don't throw it away. Stick it in a pot with some water, bring it up to the boil with some vegetables, carrots, onions, whatever veg you've got lying about and boil it for about or bring it to the boil and then simmer it for 40 minutes and after that, Take out the carcass, take off all the chicken that's left cooked and put it back in the pot with some rice and any other veg you've got and bring it through to the rice is ready. It's a great way of using leftovers. Any meat you've left over, any veg, you can turn into a pasta dinner the next night. It's a great way to use up leftover. So remember people, whatever you do, enjoy Ramadan, take time to enjoy each other. And always think that the environment is is the place where we need to think about what we're doing with everything we use. I'll speak to you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Nana, that's amazing. Always such great, great hints and tips from back in the day. Things that we totally do forget about and, and totally just don't do anymore that we should be because it will save us so much. You know, because as Eleanor, who was with us in the studio er- earlier, said... Waste is simply resources in the wrong places. And that's what people used to know and understand from before. You know, they used to know that something could be remade, something could be turned into into a new item or, or a new thing. It's things like all your peelings. Now, this is a little one that I love. It's all your peelings. Keep them in a wee bag in your fridge. So as you're peeling your potatoes and your carrots and your onions and all this kind of stuff, keep them in a bag in your fridge. And then every couple of days or once a week, or if it's going to be longer, shove them in your freezer because otherwise they'll go bad. Take them out and make some soup or some stock or, or, or some kind of food that you can eat from these. And don't just have them as waste food going to landfill or, you know, better still, though, going to, to food waste in appropriate ways and, and going to be turned into energy that we can use and things. But don't just throw them away before you've tried to turn them into something else and it's the same with your old clothes and other old things that we have lying around the house don't just throw them away and think oh well that's it i've had my best out of that you might have not had you might have had your best but you might not have had everything out of it that you can possibly have because folks there's always something more and something extra that we can do with everything that we have But folks, that's the end of our show today. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope to hear from you next week. And remember, just one thing. Let's all try and do just one thing and that way we'll all manage to save the environment together. Thanks very much. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.